everyone, and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast, brought to you today by our wonderful patrons and our incredible affiliates. You're here with me, Andrew Groves, and my very good friend, Matt Hornby. Matt, how are you? Hello, hello, hello. I'm good. I'm good. It's said in a very more enthusiastic way. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you, Andrew? I'm very well, thank you. Because who are we covering today on this fine artist-inspired episode? We are talking about the fine UK flag bearers muse. I don't know if UK, not suggesting they bear the flag of the UK, but they're from the UK, I will say succinctly. Well, Matthew, let me take you swiftly on to my opinion, as always, in that (laughs) I think you are correct in that. And I think actually... I think something that is hard to really understand about such a band and really grasp, even truly, even the band themselves, mm-hmm. is actually what a kind of huge outfit they are and the legacy that they kind of take all over the world. Sure. Fans... They, you know, they are doing stadium-wide world tours, and have, um, but have, but have been for a very long time. A very long time. Like they, they a hit very, stadium. very long time. Yeah, probably what fifteen years at this point. Yeah, and uh, and just have just stayed at that level throughout, and it's quite incredible, really, because that's. I mean, I'd has to guess to say they're probably like what in their mid forties these days. At least, so like. Yeah. Yeah, so they were hitting stadiums around age 30, which is pretty... Impressive. Pr- pretty impressive. Like, what a career. I mean, you can't... Whether you love them or hate them, I guess this podcast aims to kind of uh, give you... Open up an angle that you maybe haven't perhaps considered. Mm. Um, and maybe the playlist that accompanying this podcast might give you some cool little tips of where to start if you don't know too much about Muse. Because they are quite... They have been around ages and... Uh, you know, even when I was a boy, way back, um, they were... Well, that's when they were just coming up, really, and they were hugely influential even then. So mm. there's quite a lot. They've got a massive discography. Um, been pretty consistent in... Even just looking through the dates of their album releases, they're, they're pretty much, bar a couple of exceptions, every three years, like clockwork. It's just... Yeah. Look at that. And, like, you think they came guys. up at the time where, you know, Radiohead was still kind of coming up. You know, like, you mm-hmm. you, you think of, like... I I never thought of them in that time span. I didn't think of them as being that kind of band then. And so I always think like it was always, I remember hearing there was a lot of comparisons between Muse and Radiohead of being very samey. And that to me like blows my mind. I don't think of them as that way because I, I was made aware of them so much later. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, you know, kind of Origin of Symmetry, but kind of Showbiz, their first record and, and kind of they had a few things uh, records kind of I think like EPs and stuff maybe before that mm-hmm. I think um, before showbiz that is um, and I think they were kind of on the circuit and, and, and kind of known at that uh, for a little while I those comparisons to me just was like was it's very alien and, and very it doesn't feel like you know um, you know it's like when you see one of those posts it's like oh this album's you know 20 years old today how old do you feel kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. a similar way I don't think of them you know I don't I don't either time span. Yeah, I totally hear that. And like, 
I think they're they're definitely like five, ten years later, mm. or maybe five years. So it's quite close. But I think the main the main comparison, I think it's a very lazy comparison. Uh, it's just vocally, really. It's like a, a high falsetto vocal uh, by a British man. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but I think yeah. like you know they they you know they kind of came up and then like seemingly, you know, and very quickly, I suppose we're kind of heading in that direction anyway, they very quickly became a world band. Whereas actually I, I still very much thought of them as being very much a UK band or, or at least, you know, maybe a Western or American band. But actually, you know, like they are, they're, they're such a world product. I, I wouldn't even consider them a UK band anymore in the same way that I wouldn't consider Coldplay a UK band. I was like just going to say Coldplay. a world band. Mm-hmm. You know, and they make, uh, and controversially, I think that they make world music now in that, that that is a huge element to their position as a band. It's that that's what they, that they're no longer a kind of, I wouldn't, I would dare say they're probably the lead... Okay, I don't know, actually. Where there would you go. put them as like a... Li- are they a rock act? Are they the leading rock act? Yeah, I'd say... They're definitely one of the biggest modern rock bands of the modern age. Mm. I guess they, they they probably fill the space where Coldplay kind of do more of a poppier thing as a band. Yeah, because they and left indie... Our, to to, yeah. go, to go and be Coldplay, like they were yeah. a very indie band at the time that the indie label came around. But then I guess you've got the Arctic Monkeys. I'm not sure if they're filling stadiums per se. They're still mm. obviously massive, um, but again, they've gone more alternative. I definitely, yeah, I definitely think they fit the bill of a mainstream guitar wielding rock act. Mm. Probably, I can't think of anyone bigger that doing the rock thing. Well, I mean, for like that, you that two. Long. <laughs> yeah, but you I mean, know, how like, much older are they? They're like, you know, 20, 30 years on. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and obviously like Foo Fighters and what have you, but like... Oh, Foo Fighters. Okay, yeah. Maybe they are British. Maybe the British answer to Foo Fighters. How about that? Woof. I'd, like th- I'd like to throw that at them, actually. I think that would be interesting to see if they would be up for that. Do you think that range true? I think that's a quite an interesting sentiment. In terms, of an, in, terms of an, in terms of an audience, as in... Uh, not a sound, not stylistically, none mm. of that, not a message, none of it. It's more they f- they appeal to a large number of people who like rock music, mm. enough of them to fill stadiums everywhere. That's the box I'm kind of ticking. Stature, almost. Yeah, no, I I think I, I agree. I'm I'm what I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to see this argument through. I think it's an interesting <laughs> point, but I think you're. I think you could be right. Like, uh, uh, they have a funny osmosis, I feel like, in that, like with the Foo Fighters, you are kind of aware of them. You may not, you may only know a few songs, you may not know their back catalogue. And I think you may not know their particular size as a band. I don't think any bands can truly understand what their fan base is. Mm -hmm. There are some metrics, but there's obviously then, all of those metrics are kind of, only really valid if they are fans that are engaging in some kind of measured sense and now I think with fans being 
and the the industry being so spread out and mm -hmm. where money is going and that's usually where you kind of would get metrics from i think the fact that they can go and do a stadium tour you know multiple stadium tours as well is probably the closest and multiple nights um mm. uh and and yeah i think seeing like um seeing as we're kind of going that way i think like what made a lot of sense for me was not was seeing them not in england sure where did you see them uh switzerland and italy right okay so that it's like a actually maybe a few other places austria i think as well mm -hmm. and then i saw them in the uk and uh i think it for me it was a big moment we're kind of like jumping around all over the place but i'm going with it oh, go for we're it. kind of going that way in the conversation that seeing it made me be like certainly with more modern muse i think made me go i get it you have a non-english speaking audience mm -hmm. and your music is now bigger than like bigger than language English. barriers yeah, yeah <laughs> quite literally yeah. um which is a mad thing to say i suppose but it is outside of that and like those themes and that music sits in a in a has to sit in a very different pocket and much like you know same you could argue coldplay as well you know i think for me that it makes a lot of sense when i'm like oh okay you're playing in south america you're playing in you know um you're playing in in europe you're playing in in asia like and that music is now having to connect with a much wider audience. And I think something I didn't realise at the time was, I think for me it was a big kind of penny drop where I was like, oh my God, they are enormous worldwide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, you know, like we we're talking about, you know, bands in the UK that like, we're like, oh, they're, they're like the biggest band in the UK. Mm -hmm. But you realise that it's a big market, but it's a very small place. Mm -hmm. um, and it can feel like they're the most famous thing Oh yeah, well, if you're in if you're in the bubble, you know, uh, it's hard to kind of see it from the outside. I'm not sure. I, I can't. Uh, I'm not sure how big they are, like in the US. But um, I don't know that actually. No. no, I don't. But I know. I know that there was um, again jumping around the, um, when Matt Bellamy started going out with Kate Hudson mm. and and became very LA. LA. I think they're based over there. Mm. Uh, at least two of them are. Um, so yeah, you'd think that there'd be an element of being big over there. Um, yeah, I don't know. America's a funny a funny demographic, I think, in general. Like, funny enough, when you were talking about rock bands, immediately I was like, oh, I bet there's a huge contingency of rock bands that are in, like, Bullet For My Valentine and, and this kind of... And even maybe, like, you know, you kind of, like, there's, like, a special... Like, Avenged Sevenfold, mm -hmm. Alter Bridge, et cetera, et cetera. Like, they're their own... America centric. Yeah, they're quite, those thing. two are quite big over here, but there are, there's a sound, particularly, and particularly in that like early 2000s. I don't want to say I'm going to really, you know, shit all over genres here, but mm. uh, kind of emo infused riffs. Um, I forget what I'm trying to think. Is it, am I talking about hardcore? Anyway, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole load of bands I've only just heard of recently. Maybe it's because of like Parkway Drive, things like that. Sure. Um, that I don't know has been big over here. Maybe it's a different genre anyway, outside of, mm. outside of Muse. But um, 
yeah, America's its own its own world, I think. Yeah, I don't know how like there's the whole thing of like exporting music. It's like um like the whole thing of like, oh, you're selling Scotland to Scotland. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like there's this 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 idea that you know, you're exporting like something that's, I don't know, has some kind of strong tie to your country. And sometimes in, in weird like bubbles that can do really well mm-hmm. in quite unusual ones, like saying, selling America back to America. If you're an English band, maybe, and you started doing America centric rock, it's one of those oh. things where like randomly that can do so well. Yeah. 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 And like a British other times it can do horribly. Mm. And it's a funny thing. So I don't know well, how, I, just, I don't know how like America, like bands like that. I feel like, like in Asia, there's a lot of American nostalgia mm. in general. And I think that's kind of, you know, just sort of influence or like certainly like 50s, 60s influence and kind of pop I say culture. So, I say so here as well. So you know, like, I'd say so here, like, you know, muscle cars and uh, diners and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like it kind of needs like, so, so I, I can't, I, I find actually when thinking about this, this is such a long point to make, but thinking about uh, um, bands exporting to America, I feel like it's a bit of a black hole in my knowledge base. I, I never really know how well they do because it's so it's a, big. It's, it's a revelation really, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's almost M- like. Muse joke, muse joke. Even like, can you do well by state? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Probably, yeah, I don't know. And country, don't forget the country element. It's huge over there. Yeah. Uh, guys yeah. with the guitars. Yeah, even taste, country. I suppose. Like, it, maybe some cultures, like maybe UK rap might might export better than, you know, UK rock. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? I know what you mean. I was also thinking on this subject that um, if you wrote down what Muse is as a combination of like uh, audio facets, mm. I don't know, maybe this is true of every band, but it's I I I don't know if I'd listen to it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like it's sure. a really di- it's a really disparate mix of stuff, mm. and uh, I think that's kind of it's and it just kind of demonstrates why there's not really an, really an equation for something being popular or not. Um, it's I'd say it's quite a unique combination of things. Obviously, pulling influences from everywhere, but the kind of I don't know when if you if you got into them early like I did the 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 riffs mm. like phenomenal guitar playing um obviously the vocals very distinctive mm. maybe not to everyone's taste but um but then the kind of where it went in terms of like queen influence and this kind of bombastic uh sure. opulence and kind of grandeur um which again we all know queen that's been done before mm-hmm. uh and even people like at the similar time, like the darkness kind of pulled from that a bit. Um, but then the kind of early adopters of electronic music and synths and like the big arpeggiated synths and all mm. that kind of stuff. And then bringing in all sorts of genres along the way. Um, and now being kind of this mis- mishmash of all of it. Mm. And it's, um, yeah, it's just quite, I just find it quite interesting. And they can do a ballad, they can do, uh, they write a good chorus and, and but they all not the lyrically. It's the themes are kind of about uh, very. What do I want to say? Like end of the world, nine eighty four kind of. Uh, yeah, a lot of resistance. You know, a lot of a lot kind of, of politics. Oh, funny enough, a few of the places we saw them 
we were like, oh, like, I think kind of a lot of Spanish speaking countries, a lot of French speaking countries, certainly South America, I feel like as well, has like a strong kind of liberation, resistance, rebellion kind of, kind of, uh, um, uh, culture maybe even mm-hmm. within, within, uh, within the, the, the country. And I feel like, like, oh, that would be such an amazing place to, to see a band like that because the, the, the lyrics are so objective. And so, so resistance uprising up, he, you know, like po- very political, but very broad. And, and again, the, I, I, I think they, you know, they, I think that's a big bone of contention. I think for a lot of people, I, I think um, certainly lyrically, I think they've certainly become a lot more direct and maybe a lot more um, maybe on the nose. And and personally, that sometimes not worked or I found that quite jarring every now and then. In the same way, I've, to be fair, in the same way that some of Anthony Kiedis's latest lyrics can sometimes just feel a little too on the nose in that sense. Maybe not not the best comparison, but that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like certainly, you know, for example, I remember when, is it Second Law? I remember when Second Law came out and I remember kind of being like, oh, I'm not so sure about this. And like lyrically, I wasn't so sure about it. And then seeing it in a in context and live, I think, which is obviously, I think one of the, the maybe biggest things we need to talk about is that mm-hmm. live it is a whole different animal and I feel like like I say with the European aspect I really felt like it was like oh I get it mm-hmm. and then seeing the other tour dates and 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 the, the kind of you know stadiums that they're doing you're like okay this music is needing to work like you say what we said outside of English you know mm-hmm. yeah no I, I get that and I guess the um the crowd participation element as well mm. is like, it's huge. And I think they've really lent into, of, of late, definitely, um, a lot more theatrics in terms of mm. like, they've got dancers and people in costume and stuff mm. like very space themed and all this kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it is a, it's a proper show. Like, I guess it, when you get to that level, like if you're Madonna or Iron Maiden, you know, um, the show element becomes, it almost becomes bigger than the band, you know? Yeah. Um, but they've, I think they've done a good job of retaining. Uh, I know um, they have like a, fo- a fourth member now. Um, to oh, like keyboardist, yeah. Pad, pad it out, yeah. Um, but they've done quite a good job of retaining the live element, uh, quite, quite honestly, mm-hmm. um, which again, I've always respected. But yeah, I've seen them, um, I think I've seen them twice, but way back when I, I, I got into them like, around origin of symmetry mm. and then kind of worked backwards and then forwards um and hullabaloo and the hullabaloo is like an early album it's like half half ep half live album and uh the live album is they released with a dvd uh, from zenith in paris mm. and was the earliest like live dvd i'd seen and i i listened to this so much it's around the time where um dead star was Dead Star was the set opener from the Dead Star In Your World EP. Um, and and then they they played a Glastonbury Pyramid Stage headline set and released a DVD for that. So I had that DVD as well. And that was great. And then when they got even bigger, they released uh, Harp, which is mm. them live at Wembley. Um, 
which I had as well. And I had these three Muse DVDs and I used to like watch them quite often. Um, and then if you're listening, by the way, my friend, Ben, uh, there's a fun, very funny story about how I lent them to a, an old band member one day and I never got them back. So my Muse DVDs were just gone with the wind. And then a couple of years ago, I thought, you know what, I'm going to rebuy them. So I did. I haven't watched them since, but I now, I own them again. That's it. I, um, it was a, such a special era, that DVD era. I kind of miss it in the, in the, I feel like it's not the same having it on YouTube. There's no kind of ownership aspect really of it. Um, and yeah, fully enough, uh, like I've always kind of been parallel to Muse. I think I definitely came into them and I went and bought Origin of Symmetry from Woolworths in Oxford, represent. And um, and certainly kind of as like guitar came into it, that, that kind of became a thing. Um, but I actually... I, I, I kind of like, so what I find is I leave them for a very long time and then one album will come out and I'll kind of revisit mm-hmm. and then be like, oh yeah, this, like, you know, I can't believe I missed that record out or like, oh, there's like, you know, there'll be usually at least um, a couple of tracks per record that really, you know, speak to me. Um, and I'll kind of come back and, and really, really, really sort of revisit them. But I've been mm. also surrounded by people who really like Muse. And mm. uh, I know Daryl, um, uh, the original drummer for Mark and Rich, he, he had all the, the DVDs as well. And we, we would kind of um, watch them. And, and I think from a drumming kind of point of view, I think as well, like Dominic was obviously a big influence in that sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So I can see that, yeah. And uh, um, we can't, but yeah, I, I, like I say, I, so actually I think you're probably, have you kind of been consistent along the way? Like you followed them record to record? Is that? I think, yes, yeah. I've, they've always been around and I've, me and a few friends really influenced. In fact, some friends that I've met later on, uh, have also been more influenced. Mm. Um, my good friend Rory is a big fan of especially early stuff, but as a guitar player, me, uh, Matt Bellamy is, uh, incredible. Mm. And the, the, the writing that they came out with early doors was just kind of like nothing else there was. I remember seeing the video for Newborn, um, which is the one where he's got spiky red hair and kind of in the shop and being destroyed or something. I can't remember. But yeah, it's like a really, um, just a cool, a cool look. And they've all, and they've always had a very artistic, uh, ambitious, uh, like output, um, which has kind of always been intriguing, but yeah, guitar playing wise and, but, and piano, and I've said this before in here, but combining guitar and piano, and um, I've always been doing falsetto vocals, mm. uh, just really, really good. And it's kind of, it was, it's, it's, it's particularly the earlier stuff, it was very dark and very straight, stayed very away from anything that you'd consider cheesy, really. Um, it was, piano was very integrated. Uh, they became like, as I said before, like more bombastic is my favorite word, <laughs> but they became more, you know, uh, yeah, bombastic with it, you know, bigger and it, and tongue in cheek, I guess, a bit more of a nod to those kind of greats. Um, so yeah, I followed them along the way. Most albums, I, the last couple, last two or three, I haven't uh, delved into as much. And I think kind of on what you were saying, lyrically for me, it's, I think I've kind of 
moved on a bit and it's it's I'm looking for kind of a bit more depth it's yeah sure. uh, sometimes it is a bit too uh on the nose but again I, and I think I was thinking about this earlier and it's I don't think it's for me necessarily mm. and mm. I think that's fine it's not any disrespect to them or you know or myself but um yeah I don't think it's written for me like you're saying so um but yeah I've I saw them I think I've only seen them twice uh once and I forget what year this was I could probably find out with a quick google but they did a homecoming show in Tynmouth in Devon where they're from uh right on it's an old seaside town uh, in the UK down um in Devon and very far away from everywhere uh, and they had it's the it's the cricket field in this little town uh right on the seafront they they put a stage up and it was only it was, only, it was like a I think you had to apply to get tickets it's quite small mm-hmm. for them their size at the time and so yeah, got tickets, and I think me and four friends drove down for the day. And nice. uh, yeah, so I saw them there. That was great. And then again at Leeds Festival in 2010, I think. Okay. Um, which is obviously a much bigger deal. Mm. Um, but again, it's it, you always know um, when you go to a gig and you know all the words how much you actually know the band. It's the time when mm. you go, oh yeah, of course I know Muse, you know, mm. or whoever. You. Get, sometimes it's if they've been around long enough and it's been a while you can kind of forget the impact they've had on you but um or even listening to you know looking to kind of build a a, a playlist like going through all the because again I, like i say i i had like patches of kind of intense sort of familiarity and then kind of a couple of records that i'd kind of you know hadn't i knew the singles so i kind of like was making my way through some of those and along the way I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, this song. I know this. Yeah, you hear the intro and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a huge. And like, you know, you think of, you know, set lists and stuff like that as well. Like, even looking at some of the, um, the uh, kind of live uh, uh, records they've they've put there. You look at the set list and you're like, wow, yeah, that is, like a real legacy. And and I think it's a like um, yeah, it's a it's a funny, a funny um, I don't know, like. They're like there and they're clearly doing stadiums, but for some reason, like their their actual size and the actual kind of depth of their legacy is 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 kind of not in my face all the time. Do you know what I mean? I kind of seem to forget just how influential they are as a band and how long they've been around doing that. Um, like you say, they come out of the, the gates with huge records, like from the from the get-go. And, you know, this kind of very inventive style of guitar playing, lots of kind of classical influence as well. And then, you know, mm-hmm. sure, like there's a lot more kind of Queen. Um, but yeah, then, you know, Electronica and all these other kind of things. And and I think kind of, again, speaking to anyone who was a Muse fan orbiting me at any one time, it was always the live show and, and certainly then seeing them like, flawless mm-hmm. F- flawless you know like and you know sure there's you know modern weights and measures of dealing with that and making sure the show is consistent every night but you know at some point someone has to play and sing something the same every day and and yeah just never ever even heard a dip in in the quality and athleticism and and certainly the showmanship as well um I feel like it, is f- it still brings is regardless of 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 kind of you know they've certainly you know 
moved into many different territories and I feel like irregardless of any of your feelings on on um, any of those changes in style or songwriting or, or I think you're still going to go there for the for the show you know and like you say that I, I I think there comes a point where that music isn't for you really anymore it's it's for a much wider audience or a much you're in a, a different generation or even you know a different kind of sort of well a different sort of a continent even you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. at that point yeah yeah bring hello antarctica um <laughs> <laughs> but uh what i was gonna say the um i used that was something really interesting going on there oh yeah the on the athleticism thing mm. it's it's for a band that aren't i don't know the behind the scenes element of put of doing that especially with with a voice like Matt Bellamy's and how technical his guitar playing is and playing these stadium shows big two hours every night or whatever. There must be a shitload of work that goes into into maintaining and, you know, bettering and all this stuff. Mm. That. And, uh, yeah, fair play. I never really thought about that. But his, yeah, his voice is definitely not, I don't know, it's as good as it's ever been in my book. Yeah, and and I think you know at the end of the day, they've taken on much more ambitious projects and their strings and synths and sequencing. But you know, looking at you know we we were lucky to see them quite a lot of times and play with them a few times and see their show kind of in and out, um, and even just watching it kind of develop and they take on a theme for each record and and kind of that sort of again the kind of themes are very kind of up front and you know mm. um and you know like second law is a lot i think second law was the the one we first saw and that was a lot more theatrical and there's a lot more kind of you know literal literal theatrics going on but even just as the show there's a, a lot more sounds going on and 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 strings and and kind of uh electronica there was kind of a, almost like a dubstep element to it at some point sure there um, was and then yeah to, they went on to then do like drones pretty much um, and again, that was a very much more band focusing and then the, the show kind of follows that. Um, but then, yeah, their most recent album, I mean, their most recent albums, I would say are almost entirely themed to some mm -hmm. degree that they, um, so what I'm thinking of, uh, a simulation theory, there's the kind of A's one and then the latest one being Will of the People. Yes. Which, yeah. I think which, actually, to be fair, actually, Will of the People is quite even-handed but yeah simulation theory definitely had that kind of synth wave kind of um uh, element it's to it full stranger um, things. i haven't seen yeah. them play anything from that those last two records but again like interesting to see how they kind of bring those on board but i think what they managed to capture really well is like the essence of what's going on and it's still very much kind of very much played even though there's you know intense amounts of strings and electronica and sounds going on and even you know, when they did like madness, you know. Um, ah, that was a big, I think that was a big turning point in the journey. And I'm sure like, if you've been a, band, a fan of a band for a while and they mm. take a bit of a turn, you're like, oh. But I think there was a few in these. There was like the the madness thing where I think some fans were outraged mm. that they could release a song like this. And to be honest, over the years, it's it's grown on me. And there was an incredible video a while back uh, where a fan in the... I say incredible. I don't condone this kind of behaviour. But it was good viewing entertainment. Uh, that a fan in the crowd, when they played 
oh, we're playing at a gig, just shouted, man, this is shit. And uh, really, really lowbrow, uh, you know, jibe or heckle. And uh, I think a couple of songs later, uh, well, a little bit later, Matt Bellamy just started smashing his amp up with his guitar. So, <laughs> sure. Yeah, obviously took that to heart. But, I think they um, kept that. I think there's a lot of uh, on-stage destruction still in within the show. I know Matt was kind of fairly famous for for uh, kind of, you know, beating up his amps and... and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, whether they were symbolic or not at, at that point, I'm not sure. But, um, but also that 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 is that it's reminded me because the, the amp was on it was like a silver plated mm-hmm. thing on a stand like a, a single uh, like a TV stand uh, that kind of swivelled um, and his contributions to an in, to innovations in guitar mm-hmm. definitely cannot be uh, sure, understated yeah 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 with Manson and his um, thingy pads chaos pads chaos on, pad, yeah. on the guitar yeah inbuilt effects just. Yeah, all of that, and uh, always had a great, a great guitar tone for a, I'd say, like comparable to say Josh Homme in how distinctive Definitely. he is as a modern, you know, guitar person. Um, but yeah, I've like just yeah, always admired that. And when those Mansons came out that were like four grand or something mm. for the limited run of everything, not yeah. Very tempting. Very tempting. He's a stock. He's a he's a part owner now, or he's like running. Oh yeah, it now, I, think, right? I think he owns like if I'm not correct for me if I'm wrong. I think half of Manson. Okay. Oh, he's no. He's, he's the, maybe the the kind of principal guy. Yeah, majority owner. Okay. Um, Manson, for those who don't know, is a guitar company based out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make some import stuff, but then they also have like a yeah their own workshop and until recently a shop down. In the similar area, actually, in Devon. And I remember reading that he used to come into the shop and kind of ask, uh, you know, play with all the effects and the pedals and try out this kind of stuff. Um, and obviously that's like a super long relationship now. So, mm. yeah, amazing, amazing, really. And yeah, on the, on the, on the, I can't stress enough, on the, um, on the kind of get match fitness thing, like those piano chops, mm. the singing chops and the guitar chops... And I know he's involved in a lot of like the program, programming of the synth and mm-hmm. all the writing. And I don't know how much he's into the production, but I imagine it's quite considerable. Quite hands-on, yeah. Yeah. And then managing Muse, the global corp, mm-hmm. uh, of, with, you know, videos, art, and I know obviously there'd be a big, big support team, but it's, it's quite, and maintaining kind of your own sanity and fitness and turning up and doing it every day. I'm not, fair, just fair play. It's like... It's really struck me, actually. Um, I don't think they've had a an off period particularly. Uh, they obviously have a, like you say, every three albums or so. Uh, sorry, every three years or so. Um, I don't think they've ever had like a particularly long break in 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 uh, their releases. And and I would also say like they're quite, you know, they're they're fairly private in their, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know they do. Well, and they have, um, you know, fairly somewhat comfortable lives because of that. But it doesn't, you know, it's in that they, they could, they could have been, you know, more outwardly a list, if that makes sense. Sure. Certainly, in those moves to LA and a few other things, and and I think, you know, they all kind of have fairly, you know. I'm sure have, someone I knew said that Chris. Chris Wollstenholme, the bassist, uh, he like lives in West London and goes to his kids' uh, football club on the weekend. Right, so yeah. Very, yeah. very kind of, you know, 
pie and mash existence. Good, good. It's really good. Maybe that's why they're still around. You know, like it, it is yeah. that. You know, it is that. And maybe that's why that kind of unassuming nature, you know, exudes. Uh, um, maybe, but you know, I think yeah, it's it's certainly something to behold. You know, it's really a, a huge legacy. Um, and like you say, whether that's guitar, bass, certainly as well, and drums, I would say sure, all of yeah, those yeah. areas. You know, definitely uh, distinguishable songs and licks, and you know, when you think of being on I don't know rock star whatever do you know what I mean like you it, sure, it's yeah, a silly yeah. thing but it's almost a you know karaoke whatever machine you know like it's it's you know it's it's uh like that strange osmosis we spoke about with Foo Fighters everybody kind of knows what they are even your mum would kind of know who they were mm-hmm. um and I think same kind of with Muse maybe they you know might not know but may only know one song and they've definitely got those more you know mainstream hits that that kind of managed to like the Foo Fighters do like essentially Dave Grohl screams the whole album um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but manages to kind of get away with it somehow it's kind of a similar thing like Knights of Cydonia or something like that like huge huge song oh mega mega kind of and, and and a huge kind of rock song but kind of still manages to operate very much within the mainstream you know and and, mm-hmm. and mainstream radio and it's somewhat of a sort of classic in that in that sense you know yeah, i think that was the, the the set closer for quite a lot of years um uh, wouldn't you banger banger but yeah i think they well i've just i've been tangenting my way through this realizing every time i remember every time i say something i'm like oh and this because i just <laughs> uh, it's just when there's a lot of history with the band it just yeah you start talking about it can't stop but the um yeah, uh, they released. I remember that song for the 2006 Olympics, um, which was a bit of a turning Survivalism. point. Uh, yeah, and that was that was actually quite early, but it was quite the, the kind of bond that was off black holes. I think the um, maybe next to law. I think. All oh, right, yeah, next next one. Uh, oh, maybe the resistance. I think actually. Um, no, I think you might be right as well. Maybe it wasn't the 2006 Olympics. Maybe it was later. 2012 Olympics, that makes sense. Um, uh, for London. That'd be it. Um, but yeah, and the song they did off the same album, Unsustainable, uh, they were kind of trying to sound like Skrillex, who was big at the time. Uh, so yeah, all these kind of um, just trying stuff. And I read off the latest album, there's a track called, uh, I think it's Liberation. Mm. Or oh, it's no, Killer Be Killer Be Killed, it's called. Oh, um, yeah, and they, they were, yeah, they were trying to sound kind of like early 2000s, like corn heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like seven strings and down tuned uh, and big riffs. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see that, that even at this point, it's not, um, you know, they're still up for trying stuff. But um, Well, they have all the problems of, Madonna, you know, like it's not something you think about really with rock bands, but you know, Madonna has to reinvent herself and Britney Spears has to reinvent herself. And I don't know why I'm mentioning only artists that really in a particular time period, but they're the only ones that I know who are pop (laughs) artists. But you know what I mean? As in the kind of thing of that, you know, you're David Bowie, you need to, you need to change your sound and your share, you know, you need to change your sound. Like it's kind of the same thing is, is, you know, their their audience appeal is huge, and you know now 
they have to some degree. I mean, that mate, it's, I don't think it's something necessarily they're like, we've got to exploit the markets in <laughs> South America. Just yeah. like we've got any Brazilian focused, you know, like, but I think like at the same time, that live experience without a shadow of a doubt and the feedback and the instant feedback that that is, when you're starting to play shows like that, you you notice what works and you you get a feel for like, live devices and crowd participation and these are the bits that make people dance and these are bits that make people jump and these are mm-hmm. the you know certain that certainly i remember like i said with the some of the songs on second law that i was like mm, i don't i don't i don't know where to get on board here and then seeing them live i'm ah that that because Makes that sense. they do that and then the audience does this and that works and there is a relatability and there's a direct connection there. And and I think when you get to that point, really you're just focused on that connection sure. to your audience. Which is, yeah, which is, I guess, hard to understand unless you're them yeah. or you go to a show. So yeah. I think the, I think I'm going to take the piece of advice from, I'm going to extrapolate it from your mouth there, Andrew. If you don't like a band, go and see them live mm. and then make it, and then make your mind up. Because um, it, yeah, it might just be that they're just really good life. I don't think that's news, news, but I'm just saying it anyway. I would say they're maybe one of the best live acts in the world, if if not right up there. Maybe the best. I don't know. They're, they're right, wow. right. As in the full Big Mac and fries we're talking about here. You know, not like you know. Oh, I saw John with a with a Coke, play in a church, you know, and it was the most, like I'm talking about, you know, tour bus stadium, here it is pumped down your throat, big Mac (laughs) and fries kind of thing. I think probably as far as the big acts, the big boys, as far and what they do and the skill of what they're doing and everything like that, I think they could be well up there. If not, if not up there, it's definitely, you're guaranteed an amazing show. And I would say, you know, I'm certainly familiar with the feeling of that show wheeling into town and everyone being like, oh, you're going to see Muse, you know, this month or whatever, you know, yeah. like that being a thing, you know. Yeah, which night are you going to? Yeah. Because there's millions. Um, should we look at some tracks, some some standouts? Yeah. Most Do you have a favourite? What? Uh, hang on. Do I have a, a favourite of all time? From Muse, yeah. No, I don't think so. Because... I think I could probably pick one off every album. Okay. I could do top three. But probably, like, I don't think I will ever get bored of Dead Star. Okay. I think it's just so great. And a song, when I got Origin of Symmetry, uh, which is 20th anniversary uh, a year or two ago. Mm. Um, So they released a remastered version. But hyper music from uh, Origin of Symmetry is just the coolest sounding piece of music in the world. Uh, And then there's so many others for other reasons. But yes, no, I can't. Can you? Yeah, micro cuts from Origin of Symmetry. It just slaps. It just slaps the meat out of your mouth, your filthy mouth. It's great. It does all the things. I love the tonality. Every time... I go straight back to that huge, that particular track, 
hugely influential in just... Is that the one with the vocal effect on it? And like, uh, It's just kind of... Yeah, like that one. Kind of yeah, yeah. Maybe we're the first... That was my um actually that's patented that uh, impression by the way. Sometimes that's really um, good, yeah. Well of that. Use a fiver. You can really get, you know, mosquitoes. Oh, um that's, a little oh, yeah, bit like of a it. breakup. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Do we have to send Muse a fiver now? I've always I've actually always wanted to cover it. I think it would be really fun. It's such a great like I don't know, it's such a good the chorus is just so so good. And it just where that where for the soul, where just the oh, it's such a satisfying part of the human vocal cord. You can just really like you can really put some power behind it. And I think mm-hmm. um, I was pleased. I, I I didn't ever think I'd see it live, and then I, I saw it um, live very randomly oh, at one no of their way. shows. I didn't expect to see it, um, but yeah, definitely that, and maybe supremacy from the second Noel. Kashmir kind of vibe oh, but right. I remember that just I think that again um, the first time I saw them I, that was like the first track they played and I just thought probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen it's got also that's the one with massive Bond vibes yeah yeah Kashmir yeah. kind of dun 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 yeah. you know kind of thing Big, again uh, I think 8 string it's the strings very Bond and the flames and everything it was actually I think they. I think from memory, they wanted to pitch some something around that time. Maybe it was the song for the latest Bond movie. Oh, maybe. I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Anyway, it would make a lot of sense if that was the case. But yeah, I, I, definitely one of my favourite songs of, um, of theirs. Okay. Um, sorry, did we do a top three? You had two. Oh no, I, I was just going to rattle through a load. But Go yeah, like uh, from showbiz, like. I don't know, Sunburn is always Sunburn's a classic. Great. Uno's great, Unintended's great. And then Dead Start in Your World, I love that EP. Mm-hmm. And Can't Take My Eyes Off You, the cover. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, newborn Hyper Music and Dark Shines, I've got from uh, Origin of Symmetry. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, I would add Space Dementia to that as well. Oh, and Space Dementia. That's Citizen really Erased good. as well. Uh, album, actually. Oh my God, there's, there's a lot. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome, Butterflies mm. and Hurricanes. Off, um, I like Blackout actually and Fury for like the less down tempo songs. There is a, a little, there's quite a little kind of soliloquy uh, always on a record. I think, and um, I think they're my favourite from 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 nice that word. kind of little. There's always like a little Buckley monologue bit on one of their records. I find. Yeah, yeah, and these little passages. Mm. I like how they do a little prelude or interlude mm. or. Um, and then they started doing the kind of two-part symphonies. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I've got Map of the Problematique. Nice, yeah. Nice of Cydonia. And City of Delusion from Black Holes and Revelations. And I've always loved City of Delusion. I think it's a little understated, little nugget of joy there. I don't think it gets... Well, I don't know. Does anyone else like it? Who knows? Someone might. <laughs> but there's a, there's, a, there's a really, like, uh, kind of... Spanish sounding trumpet bit sure. at the end. Uh, there is a, flam- a, a flamencoism sometimes as well. There's always yes. like an acoustic kind of uh, uh, element that's got that's a li- has a little bit of a Spanish uh, tinge. Actually, to it, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one that's like really like a really far out recording in a big room that's like quite uh, just an acoustic little ditty thing. Uh, Soldier's poem, maybe. Mm. 
Uh, oh, it doesn't sound like it from the title. Anyway, they've got so many songs, I get lost. But City of Delusions, a banger. And then uh, what's the next album? Second Law. There's quite a few on there. Yeah, Supremacy, Madness. Animals. Animals is great. Um, yeah. And where from there? I've got D. Rowan Mercy, I thought was great. And Reapers and the Handler from Drones. I remember them being um, some pretty, pretty big Also, tracks. one of the, thing, the best things about seeing them live, especially from those early DVDs, is the kind of the outro jams they'd always have. Which uh, basically became jams. Drones, right? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, Psycho, yeah. the Psycho riff is uh, uh, like a, a jam they played for years and years and years that they decided to turn into a song. But um, some of those jams are so good Mm-mm. and then they're not always complex but just so much fun and just like headbangers dream or if you're in the band you can tell they're just loving it Mm-mm. uh obviously a lot no of covers rules. like sometimes they do um like killing in the name of and stuff like that like little yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. outro bits um yeah i think there's there's a there's loads of like compilations on youtube of of their kind of you know yeah again like after micro cuts i think they did they used to do they'd always be like songs that they would then just go into a riff or like play maybe like the last song or something like that they would play um, yeah yeah so yeah, i guess that's I good that's good as well catching the psycho thing yeah uh, that's also nice if you're into the kind of their heavier side i mm. guess they they'd often like let that out those opportunities which mm. is yeah quite nice to see it's nice they um, still did i know they did like me, like a medley for a while as well like within the live set of like a load of they're kind of more like heavier, earlier songs as well. And I know that was kind of like really appreciated. I think that's kind of, you know, a sentiment that's shared a lot of, you know, across a, a lot of bands. I think most bands start hit their heaviest and then get, you know, gradually uh, away from that. And I know, you know, there's a lot of sentiment of like, oh, you know, don't forget about, you know, don't forget about us and don't forget, you know, this kind of thing. And so I still think, you know, they do, you know, a great job of really including that within the set and making it still such a big part of the live um, show to kind of, you know, give a give credence to the fans that kind of got them there, I suppose, you know. But um, but as always, you know, it's 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 always that battle. It's like, well, if you want that stuff, you can go and listen to it. Like every mm-hmm. album doesn't have to be... But you have to move on. And, the, and, and every band, you know, f- comes across that. Any band wanting to write a better song comes across uh, that problem you know inevitably that they are oh, preferred their first record type thing oh um, sure sure and and but they have so many songs as well that yeah. you can't please that you can't please everyone in one show you know mm. um any uh, simulation theory i have to be honest i i am not familiar with at all um, um i would also agree oh th- i remember thought contagion actually it's a Actually, that the song slapped. Um, okay, I, I know. Uh, I, uh, but yeah, I'm less familiar with this. Um, but I did listen to a little bit of Will of the People. I definitely, my favourite track is definitely Kill or Be Killed. Um, and uh, I, I have Won't to say, Stand Down was pretty good. Won't Stand Down, same here. Uh, great chorus. But also the last track on there, excuse my language. <laughs> Actually, I've just noticed. The track is called We Are Fucking Fucked. And they've censored uh, fucked, but not fucking. So we are fucking beep. Uh, great, very funny. Um, but that's actually one of uh, the best Muse songs I've heard in years, in oh. my humble opinion. Yeah, if you're into, if you're not into profanity, maybe not for you. Um, it has a bit yes. more of a live feel to it. That track I found. 
Yes, especially at the beginning, mm. like the, the the stick counting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was yeah, I was like, oh, that's nice, mm. you know, in the room kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I know uh, some of you out there will be more familiar with the newer stuff, uh, maybe even bigger fans than we are. So feel free to like, add your picks to what you we th- you think we've missed to our playlist. Mm. You can do that. I know that there's a very Hello, James from the Discord, who's a massive Muse fan. He'll be watching us with his beady eyes, uh, making sure we don't say anything bad. Um, but or, yeah. Or maybe, Matt, if you have any, I'd like to certainly like B-sides or anything that was like, oh, like uh, that would be great if you could. Um, I'm definitely oh. less familiar with those. So that if you want to put them in the playlist, that would be much appreciated. I will put them in the playlist. There's, there's one called Piano Thing um, from the Newborn EP. Um, which is, it's literally three minutes and two seconds of Matt Bellamy playing piano. Okay. And it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's, and very inspiring. Nice. But even, even back then in 2001, just shows it just it, massive talent. Mm. But from the get go, like if anything, I think, uh, maybe he wanted to make his life easier because balancing the guitar and the piano and all those parts and making them work at the band that they were in those early days must have been an absolute headache and jumping between them all the time and, you know, having to kind of delegate who's doing what. Like I think being a, th- you know, being a traditional three piece in that manner, then the attitude is to try and do as much as you can with as many hands as you can. Um, but yeah, I think at some point then it, that, that there is a fatiguing to that and also like a, a ceiling as well. So um, it's, um, yeah, I think from, from, from the very beginning, I think, you know, there was kind of no um, question of the quality of their musicianship. I think that that shines, you know, above all and has done for the rest of the albums that they've done, you know, continue, may, may long may it continue, you know. Um, yeah, man. Like I say, uh, it, such a hard thing to grasp, but yeah, it could, could, I think, yeah, UK's Foo Fighters, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's not to, be, not, not to be confused with UK Foo Fighters, who are a Foo Fighters tribute band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. I like to think they're listening. Like who us? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I think we should try and yeah. Do you agree with us? I think you should. Maybe I, I think just, you should yeah. agree. I, with we've us. been very. I, th- I didn't realize this become such a homage to Muse, but I think we've been quite. You know. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I think we've been fair. I think, yeah, I think we should, it shows how much we love them. There you go. That's so, yeah, loved. if you want us to talk lovingly about any other artists, let us know who, uh, and we'll try our very best. And uh, as Andrew said, thanks to our patrons, thanks to our affiliates, and thanks to you for listening and or watching. We will see you next Wednesday. Oh, we're now on Wednesdays, by the way, just in case you didn't get the newsflash. Um, we definitely haven't been late at all, ever. It's just because we're not, now on Wednesdays. One time. There, there you go. All right. Bye, Bye everyone. Then. Bye. Ta-ta.